I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about how self-talk can make you feel better. So I think this is a good video for you guys out there that are really struggling with the obsessive thoughts yes. and the things that you're telling yourself, how you've been beating your, yourself up right. and really going through a hard Absolutely. time in a breakup. Absolutely. Margaret has got a great presentation for you guys today. She did a lot of research on this to help you guys understand what's going on in your mind and how your thought process is affecting how you feel. Right. All right. Um, now, self, the concept of self-talk has been around for a while. And when the gentleman I'm going to talk to you about wrote his first book, it was back in the 1980s. Mm -hmm. And I've never gotten too excited about self-talk, although I knew it was out there as a tool, and I have talked with you guys about it before. But when I really realized recently that unconscious material is involved in self-talk, then it got my attention in a different way. Because if there's anything we learn very quickly, it's that we do have an unconscious and that it does play a role in our thoughts, feelings, and behavior. So I have taken a new interest in it. And I read the book written by the founder, who has a rather odd name. His name is Shad, S-H-A-D, Helmstetter. And he's a PhD psychologist. So to tell you a little bit about him, he started out in corporate America and he got into motivational speaking and making motivational programs to get workers being very enthusiastic and feeling good about themselves and ready to go and he worked in that for a very long time. What he found out was that a lot of that stuff works for about 30 days and that most of the carefully thought out curricula that they would bring to the corporation and so forth would, at least within three months, end up on a dusty bookshelf somewhere. So he thought there has to be a better way. So he went and got a PhD in psychology. And he seems to have come up with a better way. At least he has me convinced. So I'm going to talk about it. Well, in if he's got you convinced, it's yeah, got to be good. Yeah, it's hard to convince me. It really is. It's hard to convince <laughs> me. Yes, I'm hard to convince. All right. She's stubborn. Yes, I am. Very stubborn. And opinionated, worse yet. Um, okay, so he starts off by saying, you will become what you think about most. Your success or failure in anything, large or small, will depend on your programming. What you accept from others and what you say when you talk to yourself. The title of his book is What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. Okay, The brain simply believes what you tell it the most often. What you tell it about you, it will create. 
That's just how it works. It doesn't make a choice. That's how it works. Okay. So if you tell your brain that you're an awful person, your brain is going to say, well, all right, we'll make you an awful person if that's what you want. Okay. But the brain doesn't have judgment. The brain just does what it's told. So from now on in the intro, I should say, hi there, I'm the gorgeous and brilliant Coach Craig Kenneth. Which with the best shaving lotion ever. Okay. Yes. Um, and I'll say I'm the most opinionated Coach Margaret. <laughs> During the first 18 years of our lives, says he, if we grew up in a fairly average, reasonably positive home, we were told no, or you can't do that, 148,000 times. That seems rather... Now, how, how he arrived upon that statistic, I have no idea. He obviously has children. I don't know. <laughs> um, but... It, it is very clear to me, and I think to Craig, particularly given the work we're doing now, that the first thing most people do after a breakup is beat themselves up. And if you explore that with people, you find out that there are not that many people who reach adulthood with really good self-esteem. Okay? That's sad to say, but unfortunately I think it's true. I remember a book I had when I was a kid. And it was about a family with children, and they would visit another family with children. And they called the other family the Don't Dear family. Because when they got together, the only conversation between parents and children was Don't Dear. Don't Dear. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Just reinforces it. By the way, I held back on a joke about remembering a, about a book about your age, or when you were little. Very funny. <laughs> People get upset in the comments sometimes. They're like, stop making fun of Margaret's age. <laughs> yeah, the, Never. The printing press had just come out, as a matter of fact. Some behavioral researchers say that as much as 75% of everything we think about ourselves is negative, counterproductive, and works against us. I wish I didn't believe that, but I do. And I can think of people I've worked with over the years, many of whom were depressed, mm -hmm. would not be able to read one of these theoretic nice things to say about themselves. They couldn't even read it. It would be so far from how they feel. Wow. Yeah. Uh, to make permanent changes, these programs we did not choose... We didn't choose these programs. We were programmed by the adults, the teachers, the coaches, all the people around us, okay? Often being told, no, don't do that, you can't do that, that'll get you in trouble, etc., etc., etc. To make permanent changes in these programs that we did not choose, there are three essential ingredients. A new idea or message has to become physically wired into your brain. And here we're talking about a relatively new term called neuroplasticity. Okay. Okay. And what we've learned from neuroscience is that the brain will change if we ask it to. That we can make new neural pathways. Yes. We can talk the brain out of stuff that it's been programmed to do before. Okay. And this also goes along with being able to change your attachment style and becoming more secure. Absolutely. And dealing with trauma. Right. You need three elements, a new idea or message, an understanding of how your brain gets wired and mm -hmm. the role you play in the wiring process, mm -hmm. and a new word for word set of directions, new programming to both your conscious and unconscious mind. So self-talk has all three ingredients. It okay. has a new idea or message. 
you understand how your brain has been programmed and a new, I said that wrong, a new word-for-word -word set of directions okay. for your brain, okay, to undo what you've been, what you've been programmed to do. And self-talk has all three ingredients. He has a three-page list, I, I will spare you, of common things that we say to ourselves that are not nice. I can't remember names. I'm terrible at math. It's going to be another one of those days. I always freeze up in front of a group. You can't trust anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. What's that going to be? You can't trust anybody anymore. Is that going to help your relationships? No. Okay, I've always been bad with words. If only I was taller, smarter, had more money, etc. I never seem to get any place on time. Those are all programs that have been put into our head. Yeah, and, and we put them there. Well, the people around us have put them there, yeah. and, and we echo them. And think about what's said to adolescents. Your room is always a mess. Can't you do anything right? You're just like your father. You just don't try. You never listen to me. I tell you to do something and you do just the opposite. You never study. Your grades are atrocious. You talk too much. You always hang around with the wrong crowd. You don't know where home is anymore. You're determined to cause problems. You just don't think, etc., etc., etc. Think yeah. about what we say to adolescents. Yeah. yeah. Okay? And all that... You're lazy. Yeah, you're lazy. All that stuff gets programmed in because the brain does what it's told and you think you're little. These people have charge of you. We don't have any reason not to believe what the people are telling us. Okay? So there are levels of self-talk. Level one is the level of negative acceptance. In other words, we've accepted all these things we've been told. I'm lazy. Yeah. That is self-talk by which you say something bad or negative about yourself and accept it. Right. I'm, I'm gorgeous. No, this was negative. I know. <laughs> gorgeous is less than what I actually am, Margaret, so you're, it's kind of an insult. You're super malagorgeous. <laughs> Bet you never heard that one before. I could never do that. I'm no good at math. I've said that numerous times. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, level two self-talk. Level two is a recognition of a word, is a recognition that you need to change. Okay. I, and it's characterized by things like, I need to, I should. It recognizes a problem, but provides no solution. It creates guilt, disappointment, and an acceptance of our own self-imagined inadequacies. So you'd be more beating yourself up Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Um, and I have been complaining about the word should for years. I've tried to banish, banish it from the English language, but yes. no one will let me. Uh, because whenever you say I should, there's guilt involved with that. And it implies you're doing something wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. If you should do this, why are you doing mm -hmm. that? Okay, so that's level two. Yeah. Level three. Level three is the first level of self-talk that works for you instead of against you. At this level, you recognize the need to change, but you also make the decision to do something about it. You state the decision in the present tense as though the change has already taken place. And words of level three 
are I never or I no longer have a problem dealing with people at work. I never eat more than I should. I never get upset in traffic. I don't know how many people I know could say that. <laughs> I never put off doing anything I want to get done. You have automatically begun to rephrase all the negative cannots, putting them behind you and stating them in a new and positive way. It tells your subconscious mind to wake up and get moving and make the change. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, so I never have a problem dealing with the people at work. I never eat more than I should. I never get upset in traffic. Yeah, right. Okay? But it's telling your unconscious to believe that. All right? What do you mean by to believe that? We're programmed, okay? Um, someone has said to us, probably a parent or someone in charge of us has okay. said, um, you always put everything off. You always procrastinate. You never do things when you should. So you come back and say about yourself, I never get anything you come back and say to yourself, um, I no longer have a problem dealing with people at work. In other words, that's behind me now. I used to have a problem, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I never get upset in traffic. Okay, that's absolutely not true, but it would be good to tell my, my unconscious to believe that. Mm -hmm. It's over. Yes, we used to get upset in traffic. We don't anymore. Mm -hmm. And then your brain says, oh, okay. Um, Could... Couldn't it be better to phrase it like, I stay calm in traffic? That would work too, but that's level four. Oh, okay. I already level leveled three, up. Yeah, level three <laughs> is when you haven't quite gotten there yet, but you're at least starting to acknowledge what you need to do or what you want to stop doing. Um, you have automatically begun to rephrase the negative cannots, putting them behind you mm -hmm. and stating them in a new positive way. It tells your unconscious mind to wake up and get moving and make the change. Okay? See, I'm already on level four, Margaret. Of course, because you're malagorgeous. Yeah. I, super malagorgeous. Super malagorgeous. And you say I'm super sorry, I forgot that. All right, level four self-talk. This is the most efficient kind of self-talk oh. we can ever use. In our self-talk... you got to get on my, my level, guys. It's hard to get on Craig's level, right? <laughs> Wait, what kind of self-talk is that? What level is that? Three? Well, no. You're on level four at least. This is the most efficient kind of self-talk we can ever use. In our self-talk vocabulary, level four is the kind of self-talk that is needed most. It is this level that you are, at this level that you are painting a completely new picture of yourself. The way you really want to be handling it to your subconscious, your unconscious, and saying, this is the me I want you to create, you're saying to your unconscious. Forget all the bad, pro bad program I already gave you in the past. The new program is now. Let's get to work on it. Level four self-talk is characterized by the words I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, I am organized and control of my life. I am a winner. I am healthy, energetic, and enthusiastic. I'm going for it. Nothing can stop me now. I like who I am. I am in tune, on top, in touch, and going for it. I have determination, drive, and self-belief. I am living the life I choose, and I choose what's right. Now that's pretty positive, right? So 
the difference is is that you're focusing on the exact thing that you're trying to believe. Exactly. You're right. not talking about the negative anymore. Right. You spin it in the positive. Right. That's it exactly. Yeah. And I stay calm in traffic. Yep. Absolutely. I drive safe in the rain. That's right. The the only the positive. Only the positive. And your brain doesn't judge what it's told. It just does what it's supposed to do, which is, you know, make decisions around it. Um, so we can tell it anything, and it'll do whatever we want. Wow. Right? It's really powerful. and It is. I've, you know, I talked about this in the video a long time ago called Focus on What You Want. Right. And I talked about how you really want to focus on the things that you're trying to create. That's right. And because your brain, your unconscious does hear this all the time. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's a reason why we are programmed by adults when we're little. You know, don't go play with the saber-toothed tiger deer. Mm -hmm. Don't go walk out in front of the truck deer. So, I mean, I'm sure we need to to take a bunch of these things at face value just to keep us alive. Yeah, but sure. But it, it often turns into somebody something very negative. All right. Now, the author um, shared a personal story. He was in middle school, and he wanted more than anything to play a musical instrument and be a member of the school band. Along with 10 or 12 other students from his class, he decided to try out for the band. After At band camp? I don't think it was band camp. I think it was just the tryout for the band. That's a joke about an old movie. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Some people will get that one. All right. Um, after being handed a completely alien musical instrument and trying to get it to make music in front of the band instructor, his teacher, and the other students, he was quickly dismissed. He knew that he had not done well, and it was an hour later, after the last student of that day had performed, that he overheard the band director telling his teacher that not only could he not play in the band, but also that he had absolutely no musical ability and would never be able to play an instrument. Ooh. What incredible programming for a 10 or 12 year old boy mm -hmm. who had his heart set on learning how to play. It worked. I had heard from someone else that I had no musical ability, and I believed it. I accepted it as fact that I had no musical talent and that I would never. It wasn't until years later that I finally got up enough courage to rent a piano, learn some notes, and play it secretly when no one was around to remind me that I could not play. I never did develop the skill I wanted but I learned after some fr 20 frustrating years that our school band director was wrong, and I had believed him. Yep. Okay. You know, my college, or my uh, high school guidance counselor, who didn't even know me, like, I think I met him once or two times, mm -hmm. uh, like, because this was in my senior year, I had only went to that school my senior year, so I really didn't even know the guy at all. He said something after he looked at my grades or whatever and said I wasn't college material. <laughs> he graduated, right? Don't you love it? Yeah. Not only, and that was just high yeah. school. Yep. Try graduating with honors, buddy. I think you may have missed the mark on that one. Yeah. And those things happen all the time. And nobody ever thinks about it again. Mm -hmm. All right? I think at the time I talked to my mom about it and she, you know, her and I talked about it a lot. And Good. she was, you know, made me see, you know, don't worry about what he has to say, you know, he doesn't even know you, yeah. you know. But your brain didn't know that, and yeah. he was supposed to know, you know. Yeah.
Can you imagine telling a kid that no. you don't even know that they're not college no, material? No, I would. I was a teacher before <laughs> I was a therapist of any kind. I would never have told a Give kid me. that. It's somebody you don't even know. Right. It's not like I had like all F's and I wasn't. I was a dropout or not going to school or anything. Like, kind of like passing somebody in the street and say, "Boy, you look less than literate." Yeah. You know. You know, my grades were like a B average for my junior year. You're not college material? Yeah, like that's ridiculous. All right. Here's an opposite example. Michael was a little boy of six, and he often visited the elderly gentleman next door for afternoon chats. Essentially out of sight but within hearing distance at the top of the stairs one evening, Michael was ready for bed when the neighbor stopped by. Little Michael overheard the old man tell his mother that Michael was very creative and he knew that Mike would grow up to do things that were creative. Decades later, Mike Vance would become Dean of Disney University. Later through his personal consulting and work with major corporations and organizations throughout the world, he went on to become one of the premier creativity trainers in the United States. Wow. Little Michael by accident overheard one small program about himself and he believed it. I heard something similar when I was little. Did you? Yeah. My mom used to say all the time that my dad was very creative and that I was very creative. Oh, cool. And look at this whole yeah. deal you came up yeah. with, right? He dreamt up this whole business mm -hmm. that was pretty creative. So, can we, the average people of the world, take advantage of this cool new stuff? Yes, we can. It's simple, and we can really quickly learn to do it. And he's saying that unless it's simple and really quick to learn, nobody's going to do it. He saw all those wonderful programs ending up on dusty shelves. We start by monitoring our own self-talk for a few weeks. Yeah. So if you want to do this, what you would do is pay attention to the things we say to ourselves for a few weeks. Absolutely. Just recently, after I read this, I said to myself, now how did you drop that stupid? Those are the kinds of things we say all the time and don't notice. Yeah. Okay? Um, if we hear bad stuff, like you're so clumsy, you've never been good with money, um, we can immediately turn it around and say, I'm not that clumsy. Um, I can do better with money, and you can undo the negative thing you hear as quickly as you can. All right? But you'd be surprised. Um, once you're aware of it, you hear people say things like that all the time. Yep. All right? Um, so, I made one up myself. Um, it says, I am an attractive person. I no longer worry that my partner will leave me. That would be a nice, secure feeling wouldn't to it? have. Wouldn't yeah. it? How uh, about this one for everybody struggling through their can breakup? Make one up? Yeah. How about this breakup will help you become the best version of yourself that you've ever been? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I ordered this man's program on what to say to what to say to yourself around relationships, and the next time we re we record. I will do the second half of this presentation. In the meantime, we invite you to make up anything you'd like.
right? As long as it's positive. As long as it, yeah, <laughs> as long as it's positive. Um, I am very sensitive, and I make other people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, anything nice like that that you can say, or sometimes I've asked people to make a list of the negative things their parents say to them, and you wouldn't believe some of the things I've heard. Wow! I hope you have a child just like you, so I can get even. Ooh. That's awful. Ooh, that's angry. Isn't that awful? Um, I hope you have a terrible time in your life because you never try hard enough to do well. So I want you to have a terrible time. I don't want you to get, get along just by trying to sleaze by. I've heard all kinds of dreadful things that you'd never say to anyone mm. unless you were extremely angry. Okay? So that's the first half of my sojourn into self-talk. And I'll let you know what else I've found myself saying How about you, Craig. Do you ever say anything negative to yourself? Of course, it is hard when you're that super malagorgeous to say. Exactly. Yeah. I just am so incredibly positive about myself all the time, I know Margaret. you do. I've, yeah, I know that about you. And I was just petting Craig's dog. And I wonder if she says bad things to yourself, to herself. You always get crumbs after you eat a biscuit. You tear up your socks into all kinds of pieces. I wonder if we have to help her too. That is true. She does tear up the socks <laughs> yes, in all does. kinds of pieces. <laughs> so anyway, that's what I have to say about this, and I will revisit it shortly. So try and focus on some positive self-talk yes. for yourself this week, and maybe write down as a homework assignment yes. to do for yourself, and see if you could start to correct some of those yep. negative thoughts you've been thinking for maybe weeks or years or, or years. your life and you just weren't even aware of it. And the biggest clue we get is almost everybody we talk to right after a breakup is beating themselves up. Yep. It must be something I did. I wasn't loving enough. I wasn't this enough. I wasn't that enough. Well, they're so. looking for the reason the relationship fell of apart. Of course. They're trying to make sense out of it. No. And, you know, we always give you credit for being ready to take responsibility. But don't fall for the programs you didn't put in your head. That's right. As a matter of fact, I have a video that I want to do. It's called, It's All My Fault. So we'll talk about that in that right, video. Good. Okay. So hopefully this video will give you something to think about for self-talk and maybe it can make you start to feel a little bit better about yourself and your situation mm -hmm. since you're having a hard time through this breakup. And parents don't mean to do that. They're trying to program you to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. But accidents happen. So of course, when you want to get my help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is also available for Skype coaching. Yes, I am. Feel free to sign up and I promise to say something nice and positive to you. <laughs> Make sure you click on Margaret on the top of the website to sign up with her. And put a like on the video for Margaret doing all the hard work on the research on this one. Yeah, please. But I am the gorgeous and brilliant Coach Craig Kenneth. <laughs> uh, yes, and I'm the slightly less gorgeous and brilliant <laughs> Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.